This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to an impromptu Blood Red podcast. I'm Joe Rimmer and Liverpool kept their noses ahead in the race for the Premier League title after clearing a major hurdle at St Mary's last night. Joining me are two fine gentlemen on this fine Saturday afternoon. Here is St Helens' favourite son, Ian Doyle. How are you? I am very tired, you? Yeah, you've told us all day that you're very tired. Yeah, because you did a lot of driving last night. I did a lot of driving. James Pearce, obviously, we went down to Southampton. He wanted to come straight back because he wants to go to National today, which is where he is is at the moment. Hopefully, getting cold or something, you know, know, being unwell. That would make me happy. But I had to do most of the driving. It's not like you to be bitter, is it? I'm not bitter. I'm just being very considered and accurate in my assessment of the situation. Okay, very well. Well, we've also got the Earl of the Isle of Sheppey. I like Connor that. Dunn I like is with that. us here. How are, how are you, Connor? I'm very well, thank you, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because last night, I, I thought Liverpool might have dropped points. Mm. And, um, they might have done, you're right. Yeah, and, and I was, after Southampton went ahead, and even when Liverpool equalised, I thought it was going to probably end up a, a point apiece. But they didn't. They found a way to win. Doyle, you were there. Mm. What did you make of the performance? And more importantly, how important were those three points? Well, the three points are very important because it just keeps Liverpool winning. I think that's five wins in a row now mm-hmm. in all competitions. And when you get to this stage of the season, it doesn't really matter how you play as long as you get the wins. But obviously, if you're playing poorly, you've got a lot less chance of getting a win, which is what it looked like was happening with Liverpool in the first half an hour. The first 30 minutes, they started slowly. They were sloppy. They were nervy. And not necessarily nervy in the sense of, oh, no, the, the Premier League title race, thinking about that. But just the way that Southampton played, they were in the faces. Tactically, Liverpool weren't right. The midfield didn't seem... Right, you know, all the way through to about an hour mark, where I'm sure you'll mention a bit later on, Klopp made his substitutions. But for that first half an hour, Liverpool were, they were more or less all over the place. And Southampton got the one goal. Long should have got another one, really. Van Dijk almost put it into his own net. Mm-hmm. So there were, there were all these chances. But then when Cater gets the goal, suddenly the tide starts to turn. Liverpool didn't start the second half particularly well, but with those subs, they ended up, you know... It was interesting because there were some people who were who were saying at half-time, Liverpool, how can they keep getting away with this? But in the second half, certainly the last half an hour, Liverpool easily deserved to win. They were the only team who was trying to score and they, and they found a way through all those the massed ranks of Southampton defenders. Connor, were you worried at any stage last night? Joe, I was in an absolutely awful mood for the entire first half. Is that because you've been trying to put that wardrobe together? or Take it apart, actually. Oh, take it apart. Billy, yeah. okay. No, no, wardrobe, no. Wardrobe, definitely, okay. a, definitely a wardrobe. An Ikea one? Yeah. Oh, well, well. An ex-Ikea one, so on the dump. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Wow. No, again, as you say, after Southampton scored, I was just, I was horrendously nervous to begin with because I think this was a really, really tough test for Liverpool. Obviously, they looked all out of sorts. And as Doyle's mentioned for the first half an hour, it was just... Southampton pressed really high. I actually thought Southampton played really well, to be honest, um, in that opening period. But I think Liverpool allowed them to. And that just, for me particularly, just made my nerves just go to pieces, actually. And I was not in a good mood. Even when Liverpool scored, I was happy for Keita. And Keita will come on to him in a moment. But yeah, um, I was pretty worried. But I was just so pleased, actually, going into that. When Southampton scored, they obviously sat back. But after Liverpool did manage to find a goal, you thought, OK, it is possible, even if they are going to sit and defend after scoring and try and get a point or whatever out of this game, then Liverpool still can find a way. So it kind of eased my nerves a little, but it wasn't it wasn't the easiest of first halves. Do you think we should trust this side a little bit more? You know, they've proven themselves to us time and time again this season. They've always seems to find a way. And I think last week against Tottenham, last night, myself, you, you've just admitted 
doubted Liverpool and they, they came up trumps again. Yeah, I, I think we probably should trust them a little bit more. It's just obviously, it's, it's really difficult. I think if this was in a Champions League and you saw them go 1-0 down, then I, I wouldn't have any issue. And I think it's just because maybe our age and I think Doyle will probably attest to he's older, that isn't he? and he's seen them win the league. But it's just getting to this stage of the season for me as a Liverpool fan, I'm just... it's all or nothing at this point for me and I'm just so excited, nervous and it's just all the emotions just get the better of you sometimes and as I said to you earlier it's just so hard not to be completely wrapped up in this campaign and go through every emotion as Liverpool go through it themselves and the ups and the downs but yeah, as you say, I think we probably should trust them a little bit more because they have proved it time and time again this season that they do fight and they have got a really good fighting spirit and can come down and come back from losing positions. I think something that's interesting is this somehow underlines the difference between watching it on television and watching it when you're there. And if you take a little step back sometimes, look at that game. Liverpool were, everybody kind of who was neutral was thinking Liverpool are going to score here towards the end yeah, because course, they were having all of the ball, mm-hmm. they're having all the possession, they weren't creating great chances. In fact, I'm not entirely sure the Southampton keep had a save to make. It's just that Liverpool just put away the good chances yeah. that they got. Um, going back to what I said earlier about Southampton didn't press, uh, didn't attack much in the second half. It was actually from one of the one of the times where yeah. they did press some people forward that Liverpool scored that second goal when, you know, good block by Mane, Henderson, a good header on, and then Salagas runs away and, and does what he hasn't been doing. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because if he hadn't scored that, how many people would have absolutely slaughtered him for not passing to Firmino? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But he, yeah. you know, he didn't look like somebody who hadn't scored for eight games with the way he took it. Because he, he, he you look at it again he actually takes a little touch yeah, just before he just, just before, yeah, just to he? say like yeah, oh, I'll have a better clever. position here and I know there's obvious comparisons with what happened with Virgil van Dijk last week uh, on Sunday sorry against Tottenham where you know Sissoko's through and he could pass to Son and van Dijk you know manages the situation correctly and, and you know takes the chance that Sissoko's going to miss and Ryan Bertrand I don't, I don't know who the other um, Southampton defender was at the time but they didn't really want to go anywhere near Salah, did they? Which was, that's what gave him the opportunity. So even though he hasn't scored for eight games, just that whole reputation that he's got and the fact that they've just played against him for 80 minutes and while mm. he didn't have that many chances, that many much of a threat, he was still involved in the first goal. So, you know, you they... they that's yeah. why the third goal came around as well because they were so worried of the Salah threat and marked him out of the game totally forgot about Henderson, basically. Yeah, yep. yeah. But it was a classy finish, wasn't it? And it was oh, that's a, very good, yeah. the sort of finish that... I think a lot's been made of this, of this drought, and I say drought in inverted commas because I don't think it was. It's it's been that bad, and I think anyone's been watching Salah week week in week out will know he's been playing quite well. There's been the odd game where he's been quiet, but yeah, well, it was also general, another, another example well. of why you don't sub him, which yeah, is why yeah, Jurgen yeah. Klopp left him on against Tottenham, and he ended up getting that header for the goal uh, against Bayern Munich. He didn't get substituted towards the end, and he put in the cross for Mane, and yeah. now you know, he, he scores that goal. I mean, there was never any really suggestion that he was going to get substituted, but he wasn't having his best game, let's be honest. No, but he's a big he player, did, isn't he? But he did the, he, you know, he comes up with the game-changing, game-winning contribution, which is something that he's done all the way through his Anfield career. Okay, well, let's talk quickly about Naby Keita, who I think suffered a, well, struggled a little bit at the start, but so did the whole of Liverpool's midfield, but then he got kind of an important goal um, that'll do him the world of good, won't it, in the most basic terms? Yeah, absolutely. Like we've said it for a little while, haven't we? He looks like a confidence player and, you know, he just looks like that player who just needed a goal, just needed to get that monkey he off his back. Leave, didn't and he yeah, you could see it when, you know, Mane jumps on his back, you could just see all over his face, all over his, the whole way he celebrated was just like, I'm, I'm here, I've announced myself, I've got a goal and I hope that just kicks him on now. And, you know, I know he hasn't played for a few games, which is a little bit strange, but he had his reasons and things like that. But hopefully that goal gives him the 
confidence just to go on and you know perform like he's shown he can do flashes of brilliance all throughout this season when he's had these little bits of chances but you know just hope he's a bit more consistency there I think it's interesting he's a little bit like Fabinho I think in the sense that Klopp trusts him up to a point at the start Fabinho's the reason he wasn't playing was because he didn't quite get the defensive position and I think that's something that you need when you play in a Klopp midfield Klopp said this about Fabinho it will apply to Cater as well because in the first I mean you could argue that the first goal was down to Cater not tracking certainly one of the players who got into the box um, maybe not long because obviously he's a striker uh, but there were other moments where he lost the ball and he didn't look quite right but the longer he got into the game yeah, as Connor he said he, ten, he tenth, there were, were a little bit of, you know, little bit of tactical changes that Klopp made it was also it was interesting that you mentioned about the goal celebration it was one more of relief rather than yeah. joy wasn't it and Klopp was actually asked about the goal and he said well it was, I thought it was a bit strange that we didn't really celebrate it that much maybe the players just wanted to get on with the job but obviously after the game he said that when we'd won what did he say so something like Naby got multiple hugs of yeah, people yeah. so uh, they were obviously, they obviously made, yeah I've got to say yeah. obviously they were made up for him yeah he, he's, you can see when when Liverpool are in the final third you can see he comes into his own then doesn't he because he, well, he should have he had a penalty shouldn't he and, yeah and he, he makes good runs plays looks to play one twos so he's he's certainly a clever player but my worry with him, I think he needs to make his presence felt a little bit more, especially when Liverpool were struggling and being overrun a little bit in midfield. I think he was quite quiet in the opening half an hour or so. Do that's he, fair? It's fair, but I think he did make a contribution to this game, which is precisely mm-hmm. the reason why he, was pl- why he was picked. I must admit, I think if Adam Lallana had been fit, I think Lallana yeah. may have probably started. But you know, Klopp turned to him, and I know he cost an awful lot of money, and we're expecting the best of Cater next season, but... He's proven like Lalana did against Burnley, and I think I can't remember the name, but Rigi, Rigi against Tom. Yeah. Sorry, that these players are coming in and they're actually making a difference. Yeah, do, well, do you think though that the choice of that midfield last night, they, they did struggle and they were overrun, I think, a little bit in the first half. Do you think that underlines why we haven't seen that midfield as much and why Klopp does go with these tried and trusted well, players? That, that's why they are tried and trusted. It was funny, I saw a tweet, I can't remember who it was, he said that when Henderson and Milner came on, it was like, okay, the grown-ups are coming on now. That was John Gibbons. Was it, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that tweet. Yeah, that yeah. was very good, yes. Yeah, it was a good tweet. I'm um, glad you remembered, because I wanted yeah. I'd like to give it credit, but it wasn't me that came up with that. But it was like the grown-ups had come on. Mm. It was exactly that. And Milner obviously went right back. Trent didn't have a particularly good game, and I know he's been carrying an injury, mm-hmm. but he just generally didn't have... I mean, Andy Robertson didn't play particularly well certainly going forward his deliveries I can't remember he's yeah. having so many bad crosses yeah that good chance didn't he um, for Salah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah but Milner at right back came instead of it more or less played the right wing to be honest by, by the end of the game I thought he did well because he pinned them back mm, didn't he Milner exactly, yeah. and, and really did control that side of the pitch it's the experience the and the work mm. rate that those two bring when as soon as they come onto the pitch you just notice an immediate change it's like they give Liverpool that little bit of a, a lift where they go like come on boys like we're going to work hard so now everyone should as well, well one of the first things Henderson did was knock over one of their players and see the free mm. kick yeah. the fact he's running at him at pace he's just like, he just like oh yeah, yeah. Like, so the, that was perhaps what Liverpool didn't have I thought Genie Van Alden looked tired I was surprised he, did, he started yeah. to be honest and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play against Porto let's put it that way but you're right about Henderson he played in obviously a little bit more advanced position, which later on it emerged that he'd had a word with Jurgen Klopp about it before the game, or, or certainly in the, in the weeks before the game, uh, saying he'd like to play in a more advanced role. But Klopp said, look, I've got loads of players in that position. You, you know, But he gave him the chance then with his assist, shall we say, for the Salah goal, and certainly his first goal in 18 months, he justified it. He looked quite happy with it, didn't he? He certainly did, yes. <laughs> I know you were quite happy, yeah, weren't yeah. you? Because yeah. you believe he comes in for a summer warranted stick, don't you? Yeah, you know, I, I, I do. I think... People overlook certain attributes that footballers have, and, and Endeavour is one of them, and, and so is inspiration. So, so is being a leader, and, and I think 
Henderson has those things. He came on, he, he affected the game. Uh, either being proper way. hurting as well, being yeah, on the bench. Because yeah. he, 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 he wants, he's the captain and they're in this like in the mix for winning the Premier League and possibly the Champions League and he should be wanting to play every single game yeah. you know, especially with what happened to him the last time they played in, uh, going for the title where he missed a few games towards the end because of that red card against Man City was it? Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I think look I, I think the problem with that midfield last night is Fabinho's a very good player he's very good on the ball but quite often he gets isolated and, and he there was one bit where he Hen- just got ran past, yeah, didn't he? He, just, yeah. he got ran past a few times. Henderson covers the ground better. He moves better. Mm. One one thing, Connor, I want to ask is, do you think it's come to a point where we'll see Henderson and Fabinho in the same midfield? Because it, it seems that Klopp seems to pick one or the other and surely both of them have got, could have a role to play in the same midfield. Yeah, I, I certainly do. And as Dolly said, I think, you know, we might see Wijnaldum being rested against Porto because I just think Fabinho did get caught out a few times last night and that's obvious to see, but it doesn't help when your co, you know, central midfield in that oh, engine he was room isolated, wasn't is, he? Yeah. you know, looking pretty tired and not running as hard and not covering as much ground as he normally would as well. And obviously that would have helped Keita and that would have helped Fabinho play a little bit better. So you imagine if, if Wijnaldum is looking or feeling a bit tired, then Porto might be the perfect opportunity for Henderson and Fabinho to come in. The one thing Henderson does do better than anyone is celebrate a goal. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is how you celebrate a goal. He just, you just captures go, the emotion, doesn't he? Yeah. just... You just go berserk, don't you? Yeah, you don't really. Bryce didn't swear a bit more because he's yeah. he's, he's a renowned swear for when he's when he uh, celebrates his goals. It's interesting that he cupped his. He shouts at everyone it was, around. It's interesting he? that he cupped his ears at the crowd because I know that sparked a slight debate, obviously from his detractors. That yeah. you know, it's not the people in the in the crowd who've been having a go at him, but it is. It is a little. <laughs> it is a bit. You know, he's not daft, and obviously he'll he'll see the stuff on social media, and he's you know they're all aware of. He, of the questions that have been asked of him and of course there's the fact that he has to look at how many times he's played this season to know that perhaps he's not quite the regular that he, that he wanted to be so he'd, he'd absolutely love that yeah definitely um, well what do you think what do you think Man City will be thinking having, exactly, having the, exactly the same as after the Tottenham game basically just what what did Guardiola say you just can we say it? We can't say it. Well, he said yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> I know. I think I said after the, the Tottenham game that basically City will have just watched it. You just go away. Like yeah. just get away. You know, Liverpool are on eighty-two points. Yeah. That's more three more than they had when the last time they won the league. It's three more than Manchester United had in nineteen ninety-nine when they won the treble. It's only four fewer than Liverpool's top points tally in the Premier League history. I think they got eighty-six, mm. didn't they, when they finished second one yeah. year? So. I mean, what more can they do? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast. They keep winning games. They've got five left, Connor, um, starting with Chelsea next weekend. Is that the hardest fixture Liverpool have got remaining? Without a shadow of a doubt. I think for every Liverpool fan, you know, you'll remember the pain of what happened when Liverpool were last chasing the league with Chelsea. I think there's certainly a score to be settled there. And I think Liverpool have got a bit of a point to prove. And the fact they're coming to Anfield when Liverpool are on such a rich vein of form. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to happen. I think, to be honest, I think Southampton was up there with a really tricky game. I think Chelsea's probably, you know, it's definitely harder, but 
With the way Chelsea are at the moment, with Sari in charge, I think they look a bit higgledy-piggledy for a want of a better word. Yeah, that's probably that's a good way of yeah, describing them. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Liverpool are playing them at a good time if there if ever was a good time to play Chelsea. And it's in between two of the Europa League games. Yeah, so Liverpool yeah. would have played on the Tuesday against Porto. They'd have played on the Thursday against Prague, which I know is not that far away. Liverpool beat Liverpool. Porto. They're going to go into that Chelsea game with such a lot of confidence. And, yeah. you know, you've got one hand in the, or one foot in the semi-final and, you know, it could just be all, all golden. If, if it was all gold, all gold, I hope would it be all, class? It will yeah. be class. If Liverpool do win that game against Chelsea, I don't want to get. I don't, ourselves, I, I don't like doing this, but, 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 they, but they've yeah. come through two really tough tests now with, with two wins. Dolly. If Liverpool do win that game against Chelsea, I mean, what what sort of marker does that put down well, to I've Man got, City because they go into their toughest period? Well, I was then. going to say, I've always thought that these three games, Tottenham, Southampton, Chelsea, are the three that decide whether Liverpool are going to be there at the end of the season, to, mm-hmm. like taking it to the last day or whatever. If they get nine points, they've done unbelievably well and they've got a great chance of winning the league as far as I'm concerned. I thought seven points would be a good return. If, they, if they'd have drawn that game last night, I thought decent point at 70 minutes because yeah. they weren't playing particularly well, but obviously by the end you're looking at it and going, well, they deserve to win that probably yeah. by the scoreline that they did because the way they finished. And that's something that Liverpool have done all season. The, the reason they've scored so many late goals is because the players are so fit. And I think that's yeah. something, you know, Neil Jones mentioned this, formerly of this parish, but I went down to the game with him. And he said afterwards, that's something that gets overlooked is how fit this Liverpool team are. Because Southampton, as you said, Connor, they pressed really well in the first half an hour, but come the second half, they didn't have the legs for it. Whereas Liverpool were just getting stronger and stronger as the game was going on. You've got to be thinking as a City fan here with Liverpool not going away and thinking as City players probably as well. It's been mentioned for a while when City's game in hand was going to be against Man United and then it looked like it was going to be against Cardiff when Liverpool maybe weren't getting the points. But Liverpool have carried on winning, carried on putting themselves two points in front of City. They're going to have to beat United when United are going to want to get in the Champions League. It's going to be such a big game that. Well, that's it. It does. It now puts the onus on them, doesn't it? To start. Exactly. Well, they are winning games, but to to win those games, they can't. What was the last and... hard game City had? That's a good question. That which is it's been, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's mm. something we could look at a bit nearer the time. But yeah. okay, you could start argue the League Cup final, which they did get through. Playing Tottenham three times in United, that's going to be tough. Certainly coming into a really yeah. tough period. I think they're going to the players are going to be in for a bit of a a shell shock when, they, when they're when facing teams that actually really want to play them really want to beat them rather than just sitting and watching them in awe like oh we're blessed to be on this pitch with these wonderful players <laughs> Tottenham, Tottenham United won't be like yeah, that with yeah, them will no, they? they will not yeah I hope so I, I think my worry with City sometimes is they, they do excel in those types of games well, the other when, thing is they could, when, be, they could yeah. just be playing within themselves yeah, for weeks yeah, so yeah. yeah but but it's the, the games where I think uh, you look at Palace don't you next week and, and you hope that Palace go into that with, with something and, and then the United game the passion and the, the, the sort of the way United will, will approach the game you, you hope that, that that will cause City some problems but with Tottenham I just wonder whether them playing football I mean there aren't many better teams playing football than Man City so that will play into their hands a little bit Doyle is it meant to be this stressful? Yeah of course it is Although you are supposed to enjoy it as well. This is the thing we were talking about this before in the office. It's like, I wasn't massively nervous when it was one all because, I, as I say before, you can see things when you look at the game, you think, well, hang on, one nearly, you think, what's going on here? But then, hang on, there's still 80-odd minutes to go here. There's a very long way to go in these games. There's one thing we've learned, as we've already said from this season with Liverpool, is that games last 19, 95, 96 minutes. And so they're always there and they've always made sure that they're there. At the end, I mean, there's been no Premier League game this season where you're going into injury time where Liverpool haven't been scrapping away to, to get something. They've only lost one game and against City, they were you know, fighting for that equaliser. So I just think that they've got a really good chance. It sounds bad this, Connor, but 
on 82 points with five games to go. Are you starting to believe? I've believed for a long time, Joe. Um, but have you really believed? No, like, I, I, honestly, I've, I've felt it for a little while that this might be Liverpool season. And that's why I go through the emotions of it so, so much, I think, because I've just got a feeling that it's going to be Liverpool's time. And I think so many things have gone in the right way for Liverpool in terms of, I know there's been a few decisions, there's been a few pretty howler errors from goalkeepers at Anfield and things like that. I just, I just feel like and there's been games where they've come through it in the last moments that we've seen Man United do so many times in the Premier League. There's just been so much and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. <laughs> if, if they beat Chelsea, that's the one time where we're going to look at City now for the next three games and go, right, come on then. If you're going to win this you're league, in. you're going to have to win this league. That's That'll be it. So Chelsea, Liverpool beat Chelsea, I'll be thinking it's 50-50 to be honest. Is what I'd say. <laughs> oh, you get from I thought, I thought you were going to get a little bit more. 50, 50. Okay. It's 50. Okay. 50.1%. 52 and 48 scenes. That's, that's if they the, beat Chelsea, will, the will you believe? Well, I've believed they could win it for most of the season, to yeah, be honest. Well, you really. I mean, I, I believe they could win it all season, but. Believe it's happening. Uh, do you believe they're going to win it? That's the difference, isn't it? No, I don't, well, I don't believe they're going to win it. No, that's not the way that I work. Sorry. It's not the way you. Sorry, it's not the way. I know you don't swear. I'm not, I, I thought you were going to swear, but, no, but swear. my point is that if Liverpool beat Chelsea, they could still be behind Manchester City in terms of, you know, City could have that game in hand, but I would say it's a 50-50 thing now, then, and that's <laughs> four games to go. That's what you want. Okay, well, just before we finish off, and, and I say we're finishing off because this is just a little impromptu podcast that we thought. Mini-pod, we call it. Mini-pod, yeah, yeah. mini-pod. And we will be back on Monday with a proper blood-red pod. Uh, Doily, are Liverpool lucky? Are they a lucky team? In what sense? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm opening it up to you. I kind of I want to know. Many, many, many I've moons ago, thoughts. this was the accusation that was put Manchester United when they were winning in the certainly the 90s, that they were a lucky team. And the response was, why did they get so many late goals? Why did they get so many, you know, not dubious decisions, but you know, borderline decisions? Why did they get so many penalties? Well, the reason is because they keep attacking right to the end. They're always in the opposition box. They've got players that can force these things. And if you're always live, you know, living on the edge and you know pushing that, and then trying to get that extra advantage, the, all these small details, of course you're going to get advantage of them. You're going to get some calls that go your way. I so I don't think Liverpool are lucky. I think if Liverpool are lucky, they're simply benefiting from the opportunity to have that look by their own good play. Agree, one hundred percent, Connor. It's the classic adage, isn't it? You make your own luck, and I think that's what yeah. Liverpool exactly are doing this season. Yep, 100% agree. Right, we'll leave it there. It is all golden in Liverpool right now. And class. And class. (laughs) Yeah, Connor, can you just sum it up for us in one word? Class. We'll leave it there. Thanks thanks for joining. We'll see you on Monday for the proper Blood Red Pod. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.